0: Welcome back to Before They Called Me Coach, where we dive into different Springfield College coaches' lives before college coaching. I'm your host, Sean Doyle, and today we're joined by Diane Diane L. Potter, 57, head softball coach, Coach Kate Bowen. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. That's a long title. You did
0: well with it. I I didn't know if you're supposed to say Diane Potter part, but I watched your interview the other day with Coach Graves, and you introduced yourself as that, so I figured... Tie it in.
1: Yeah, no, that's the full title. Um, uh, Springfield softball is the only endowed program at Springfield College right now in athletics, and um, the endowment is after Coach Potter, so it's a nice long title, and uh, I'm happy to say it each time.
0: Right now, if you could, if you could think back, um, what was your life like growing up, and like what, um, yeah, you know, and uh, where did you grow up?
1: Um, so I grew up in Newtown, Connecticut. Uh, Not too far from here, probably like an hour and a half. And, you know, my childhood, I would say, always revolved around sports. And I had an older brother who was three years older than me. And I just felt like I was always playing with his friends, right? It was always wiffle ball and like the backyard, basketball, football. So my childhood really revolved around sports. And just growing up, I, you know, loved to compete. I loved to play. Um, And I would say that was truly like a really big part of my childhood.
0: Did you have a dream job when you were growing up? I think I
1: always wanted to teach. I don't know if I knew that was like necessarily physical education, but I do know I really always loved to teach. And my mom was a physical education teacher. So anytime it was like, you know, bring your kid to work day, I was always going with my mom to PE and like spending the day there. And I always loved it.
0: On top of softball, what other sports did you play like competitively, not with your brother and his friends growing up?
1: Um, so I played soccer and basketball. So I was a three sport athlete in high school, and then I tore my ACL playing basketball, and I stopped playing basketball and soccer. So it was kind of crazy. It was during my junior year and like the whole recruiting process, and um, you know, it changed everything for me during the recruiting process. but you know, I think it's so different now where everyone only plays one sport. Um, it was really interesting. I had a recruit in the office yesterday, and she goes, "I'm playing ten softball tournaments in the summer. That's every weekend in the summer. I never did that. And I looked at her and I looked at her mom and I go, are you taking a vacation? Like at any point, like, what are you doing for fun? And right, that's coming from me and I'm so competitive. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. you need to go play, but you know, it has really changed. So I'm really happy. I was able to play a bunch of different sports uh, growing up and in high school.
0: Now you mentioned your recruiting process. What was that like? Exactly. Like what, do you have other schools interested? What was...
1: So before I tore my ACL, I had two division one schools really interested in um, offering scholarships. And then when I tore my ACL my junior year, they both took the scholarships back, which right when you think like 16 year old, like in high school, I was just devastated. Mm -hmm. And I really missed my whole recruiting process that junior year. And, um, you know, towards the end of like winter, I did a showcase and got seen by a couple of college coaches and like everything kind of changed for me that way. And I feel very lucky and blessed that happened, but I think my recruiting process is very different um, from others because I had scholarships and then I didn't, and then I went through rehab, and at the end I had a couple of Division One scholarships at the end, which was awesome. And I chose Manhattan College and had a great four years. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you have dreams of playing in college before you started to get recruited and everything?
1: I did. Um, I always had dreams of playing Division One softball, okay. and now that I coach Division Three, I think. I, Growing up, if I knew more about Division Three, Division Two, maybe that would have changed my perception. But I knew, for me, I always wanted to play at the highest level and, you know, make it to NCAAs if I could. And we were really close. But um, growing up, I always knew I really wanted to play Division One because I knew what it had to offer. But looking back, I wish, now coaching Division Three and loving it, I wish I knew what D2 and D3, you know, also had to oh. offer, you know, a student-athlete.
0: Right. So when did it really uh, click with you that softball was going to be your sport? Was it after you tore your ACL and you just decided to go back to softball or when was that?
1: No, that's such an interesting question. I don't know if there was ever a moment where it was like, this was going to be it. I think just from a young age, I just always enjoyed playing it. Um, I, I played second and I think in the game of just softball and baseball, positions are so different. Um, so like pitching is like a completely new world in game one, then playing second in game two. So, um, you know, I just always really enjoyed it and I knew I wanted to play in college, but, you know, I don't know if there was ever that moment, but I just knew I always, that was my dream. Mm-hmm.
0: So since, um, assuming since multiple division one offers you had a very successful high school career, what was your playing c- career like in high school or summer ball or fall ball, whichever.
1: Yeah. So my senior year. Um, in high school, we won the SWC championship, which was awesome because um, I later end up playing with this person. But uh, at Massic High School in Connecticut, um, Rachel Fico was there, and she was the pitcher. She went to LSU and ended up being the number one overall draft pick for the, the pro league. So she won the first three years, and Newtown came second. And then once she graduated, we uh, we won the championship my senior year, which was awesome. And then, you know, at Manhattan had a really successful career and. You know, my senior year, we made it to the championship game, but couldn't get the win. But I just feel like leaving that program, you want to try to leave it better than you found it. And that's what we try to do at Springfield. So I felt, you know, of course, you want to win and get that trophy that senior year. But I also felt like I really, you know, helped the program and was really leaving it maybe better than I found it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, something I saw you have uh, your program record holder and at bats when you left, you have a whole bunch of stats for the program is one of those ever stick out that's like the most impressive to you or now coaching realize like wow how did I do that
1: that's funny sometimes I look back and I think it's really difficult pitching and playing another sport um or not pitching and playing another sport but pitching and playing another position in college so I look back and just like the division one and I just think you know how much work that was and um and I mean I loved it but I think when I look back on that I'm like Sometimes I don't know how I did that my senior year when I was also student teaching, had morning lifts, then class all day and then went to practice and then redid it over again. I think my senior year, just how much there was going on, I look back and I go, I don't know how I did that, but um, I wouldn't have taken it back either. Mm -hmm.
0: And I also saw that you were the valedictorian on top of that. So Mm -hmm. you must have been crazy busy all the time. Uh, What was, did you know going into uh, your senior year that you were Potentially going to be the valedictorian? And what was that like when you found out after being so busy and such a successful softball athlete and everything?
1: Right. So, how it worked at Manhattan College was like really interesting. And they told us about it our freshman year at orientation that you needed to have a 3 8 or higher, but it also to be the valedictorian at Manhattan, um, you needed to have a certain amount of community service, a certain amount of, you know, being in national honor societies and like different ones throughout campus, so it was a little bit of everything. It wasn't just like the highest GPA, um, but it was, you know, still a big-time commitment, so my senior year, when they told me I was a candidate, um, it was about maybe 10 of us, and then you had to write a speech, and then all 10 candidates gave the speech. You had, like, a bunch of different interview process, and then at the very end, like, I was a finalist and then got picked, and very overwhelming. I don't know if I ever went into the process thinking, you know, I wanted to do it and I wanted to give it, you know, my best effort. But And, uh, you know, it was awesome. Like to get picked, I think I wasn't expecting it, but when I got called into, you know, the president's office and he told me I was, you know, ecstatic with it. Mm
0: -hmm. Now you mentioned the community service aspect that you had to put forward. And I know your team now is very involved in community service and around the college. Is that something that you instill on your team now? Because it was part of what you did as a softball player?
1: Absolutely. I think, um, you know, one thing I've been really trying to get going, and it's been hard to um, over the last couple of years with COVID, but at Manhattan College, Manhattan's in the Bronx. So each year we gave a free clinic to students or, you know, young athletes in the Bronx. And I really felt like that was one of my favorite things we did each year. And I've tried to figure that out at Springfield and it hasn't happened yet, but I think community service is such a big part. And it's one of the reasons I love Springfield so much is, you know, giving back to the community and. You know, it's always about helping others. Mm-hmm.
0: So I also saw that you played some professional softball.
1: Mm-hmm. How did
0: that come about? Was there were you drafted, or was it like a unsigned free agent, something like that?
1: Yep. So I played uh, semi-professional for the Stra- Stratford Breakheads, and uh, they gave me a call one day and asked me to play. And I think that was probably one of the biggest honors. Just growing up in Connecticut, mm-hmm. at that point, the team was from all over the country, even though it's based out of Connecticut, and. I just remember, like, I just think that was a phone call. You got off the phone and I hung up and I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really helped me as a coach too, because I joined this team that had SEC players on it, you know, ACC, uh, Pac-12. It was from all over the country. And, um, you know, my first game, like with them, I actually DP'd, right? I was really excited. My mom told me, she's like, you're probably not getting in. Like, this is going to be a new, this is going to be a new summer for you. But I was excited I got to be DP, but you know, I played a game and then sat a game. Um, and then, you know, at Manhattan I pitched and played second and the infield was locked on this team. Like I wasn't breaking in, like as hard as I could practice or try, um, this infield was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So after my first year, I decided I needed to learn how to play the outfield. Okay. So I think that really helps me relate with some of our players at Springfield sometimes because, you know, at Manhattan, I had to pitch and play second and sometimes it was on me to get the big winning hit. And then, you know, my first year on this team, I was a role player and getting the pinch hit opportunity to win the game. And then um, during my second and third year, I actually transitioned into being leadoff and playing the outfield. So it was really exciting, but I really just feel like I can help players at Springfield transition. If you're not in that starting lineup right away.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think that makes you giving them that personal connection with you makes it almost feel more genuine to the player? Because I know uh, some coaches will just say, oh, you'll get in, you'll uh, you just gotta wait your turn, wait your turn. But if you're giving them real life experience from how you how you handled it, I feel like that could be more helpful to the athlete.
1: Right. I hope so. Right. So on the Stratford Breakouts, I played second. The captain of the team played second. Right. That was our best player. Mm-hmm. Um and yes, I like rotated in a little bit, but I knew that if I wanted to get on this field, I was gonna have to figure it out and learn a new position. And you know, I try to really help our players with that. If you come in. Um, you know, as a center fielder, you could be playing shortstop if that was our best player, or if the best player is left field, we might need you at first base. So I think I truly like to recruit student athletes who are athletes, but also play another position.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But I think helping them through, you know, my lived experiences, I think I try to make that connection as much as I can. Mm -hmm.
0: So um, you mentioned earlier that you're used to going with your mom as a gym teacher, PE teacher, and Mm -hmm. help her out on on those days. Um, When did it kind of sink in that coaching was something that you wanted to do?
1: I think around my junior year in college. And um, I say that because like during practice, some days I was like, oh, how would I set this up? Or, you know, this is awesome. Like this would be a drill I would want to take if I was a coach. And I think my junior year, I just wanted to know more about the game. I wanted to know more about strategies. I wanted to know more about um, maybe even decision-making in certain things and like this play versus that play. And, you know, I just always had a passion for the game very young. And when the graduate assistant coach opened up at Springfield, I knew this would be awesome to take and if I could get it and then also get my master's. So I felt extremely, extremely lucky to have my master's paid for be able to coach and not be at Springfield College right after I graduated. Mm -hmm.
0: What was your experience like as a GA?
1: It was awesome. Like, I really loved my experience. I think at Springfield, there's so many graduate assistant coaches from all over that we really stick together. Um, I think it's an awesome community. And I was a graduate assistant coach with Molly Rathbun. She was a four-time All-American at Eastern. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know each other before coming in. And she ended up just being... One of my best friends, and this past like summer, I was in her wedding, and you know, you never know when friendships are going to develop, but that is just a friend I'm going to have for life. And it was awesome to come in with her and you know, just learn from her and you know, learn different aspects of coaching and pitching, you know, through her and of course Coach Pirelli as well.
0: Right. So, um, well, how did it come about with you getting the head coaching job? Was it just did it just open up when your GA experience was over and you applied, or how did that how did that happen?
1: Sean, it was so crazy. I just think like you kind of just talk about life, like my entire life, you know, changed within 48 hours. So I was coming back from my doctorate after I graduated and about a week and a half before school started, the head coach left and I became the interim head softball coach. Okay. And I really had to make a decision quickly because, you know, through this process, if let's just say I didn't get the position the following year, I also couldn't be a GA for mm-hmm. the softball team getting my doctorate, because that would have been a conflict of interest. Right. So I'm weighing all these options, right? Like I want the position, hope we do well, hope I can get it. But also if I'm not the right fit, let's say for Springfield, where do I go from here after giving up a doctorate, which would have been paid for?
0: Right. Um,
1: so it was a lot of decision making. And at the end, I took it because I knew this is what I wanted to do. And I was going to take the opportunity and do the best I could with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky that I had a team that bought into my all in philosophy and we made it to NCAAs and it was just a, such a fun ride and journey that my first year.
0: So what was coaching that season like Where, did you feel any like external pressure on yourself That every pitch every out really mattered to you or how, how did that come like what was that like.
1: I don't know if it was every pitch, but you definitely feel that external pressure, right? You have the interim tag on your name. You want to do a good job, but I think that's not also what you focus on. Um, of course, there is that pressure, but at the same time, it's the student-athlete experience and, you know, how can we build the all-in culture and how can I give this team, you know, the best experience they can have, especially the seniors, which would, you know, a new coach, um, I knew them for two years, but, you know, it was so, so fun and I think not always we- you take our program, is everyone ready for a change? And I think the team was, and, you know, everything that we wanted to do, they just bought in. Mm -hmm.
0: So we mentioned your full title to start with the Diane L. Potter, um, 57 head softball coach. What does that mean to you to be, have your title be named after such an an iconic woman in the woman coach and not just to Springfield college softball, but to the whole campus community and the whole softball community?
1: Oh my goodness. She's just a legend. Like coach Potter is a legend and she comes to every game in Florida when we're down there for spring break, she's in our huddle. Um, this year she actually came in the dugout and kind of yelled at everyone when she didn't (laughs) think our at bats were quality, but like, she is never wrong. Like, and everyone listens to her. Like she has anything she has ever said. She has been spot on. Um, I think it's so unbelievable to listen to her stories, to where the program started at. I think it's important for our team to always be reminded. Like we really talk about our alumni. We talk about coach Potter because this being built, um, we're currently team 59 and coach Potter started this and on Twitter and Sean, you can take a look around, but I can't like confirm this. I really think we are the oldest or one of the oldest programs in America. Mm -hmm. Like I really, I genuinely, it's like a popular thing. You hashtag like your team name and I have not seen someone have one greater than team 59 right now I'm sure like I can't tell you that for sure but I know we're one of the oldest programs and coach Potter decided to create this program when women's athletics wasn't valued and Mm -hmm. you know how strong of a person she is to do that and stand up and fight for women so she's unbelievable every single person knows her in this program every parent knows her through this program and there's just so much respect for her and we just love having her with us anytime we can.
0: Do you ever find yourself, if you are thinking through a situation or are unsure of uh, something, do you ever call her, send her a message to get her opinion on, on it?
1: I think a lot of times we talk about it in Florida when I have her with me. So we lost a really close game down in Florida to Arcadia 9-8. And I was thinking of like a specific moment at one point, And she was like, well, did you think about this? And I hadn't. Mm -hmm. um and I was like that's really smart too like could we have done this I'm thinking of this like there's so many different options but you know she is just brilliant like she knows the game of softball and you know I really value her opinions and we talk a lot throughout the season um anytime I FaceTime her she picks up but um you know we just really value her and I think down at spring break we really talk a lot about um you know softball and different strategies down there Mm
0: -hmm. Now, one final question for you, coach. I know you have a very, very long coaching career ahead of you, but if you had to uh, just think now, if uh, uh, when you retire, what do you think is going to be like one moment, one, like your proudest moment, your one highlight, or your favorite moment from your career? Like I said, I know you've got a long way to go, but.
1: So you want it in my six years? Or what do you think I think it's going to be? Like in like 30 years, like of coaching?
0: Uh Kind of both, I guess. What do you think it would be now? That is so Um, funny.
1: I think the thing I'm looking forward to most, I'm going to have my first spring break, right? When I retire, I'm going to enjoy a week of spring break somewhere really warm and just relax. That is one thing I'm doing. That's what I'm looking forward to during retirement Mm -hmm. um, because we always play during spring break. So I have no idea what that, no idea what the fun vacations look like that I always see on social media. But (laughs) I think looking back, what I could be most proud of This is a really good question, Chong. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I hope to really build this program up at Springfield. I think people laugh at me sometimes because I think I have really big goals, but I want to be a contender for a national championship. Mm -hmm. I I really believe that, you know, Springfield offers the resources here. So I think I really want to build a program that can get there. But also, I really hope, you know, at the end of my retirement that, you know, there's a lot of people still in my corner from players, coaches I've, you know, had as GAs Um, I've been lucky enough to been almost invited to everyone's wedding. Who's been a GA here so far. So I really hope at the end of this, you know, I'm still on a lot of people's Christmas cards and I'm getting a lot of players Christmas cards. You know, I think that's going to be really important to me to keep those relationships over time, whether it was the first team I had or the last team whenever I should retire because I think that's a big part of coaching is a relationship in the family atmosphere. So I think that's really big for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, even this week with high school sports opening up, I had three to four alumni text me, Hey, I'm practicing this week. Like, what are you doing? What drills? So, I mean, I really want to keep um, those relationship with players that I've had and the coaches. And I think that will be one of the biggest highlights if I can, you know, at the end of my retirement. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, coach, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you are very busy in the middle of uh season. So thank you and good luck the rest of the rest of the way to you and, and all the ladies on the team.
1: Oh my gosh. Of course. Are we going to see you at a game?
0: Absolutely. I, I was watching some of the Florida games online going between you? you guys and baseball. I That's played awesome. baseball growing up. So I'm a big, big baseball, okay. softball fan. Um,
1: well, this Friday we're playing Eastern. They're ranked ninth in the country. So it's going to be a really great game tomorrow
0: absolutely. Awesome.
1: Well, Sean, I hope this is what you wanted. I hope I uh, did a good job for you. So thank you so much for asking me. This
0: is perfect. Thank you so much, coach. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Listen, have a great rest of your week and uh, hopefully I'll see you at a game.
0: Thank you. Absolutely. You too.
1: Awesome. Bye, Sean.